0: Hey, welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. This is the podcast that translates President Trump. And it still is President Trump, I'd like to point out. It will be for a while. How long? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Take a look at the existential threats to America. Perhaps that's Joe Biden, or at least the progressive part of Joe Biden's brain. Discuss the news of the day and what it means for you. We will talk with Harmeet Dillon. She's a brilliant lawyer, she's a boardroom advisor. She is a passionate advocate for individual corporate and institutional clients. She works in California, and she's sensitive to all the um, invasions of liberty and privacy out there. you been to the French Laundry, Claude, the no. re- restaurant out there? No, I haven't. Governor, Governor Newsom went? No. How is he getting heat on that man <laughs> sitting inside with 12 people? People Awesomely from the good. medical community, head head of the med, head medical advisor of the state. You're not supposed Doors, to. Doors right? shoulder to shoulder, no masks. <laughs> Give me a break. We'll also speak special guest, little change of pace with twelve-time Emmy Award winner Jim Gray about his new memoir, "Talking to Goats: The Moments You Remember and the Stories You Never Heard." Goats are the greatest of all time, right? And he's interviewed them all. Now we'll interview him. Uh, okay, twelve-time uh, Emmy Award winner. That's pretty good. So I was on uh, Martha last night. I was talking about New York City schools closing down. They announced this the night four. Right. Parents are in a total tizzy. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Do it in D.C., do it in Maryland. Doesn't affect you, your homeschooling. Right. Doesn't affect kids in Catholic schools, other private schools, but it's a mess. These kids are virtually immune. Um, My friend at Hopkins said they have conducted a study of half of the United States. Small double-digit numbers of deaths of school-aged children. All of them had serious comorbidities. Hmm. Nobody just died of COVID. So this is the teachers union's power. And you think they got power now? Just wait. If there is a Biden presidency, what kind of power they will have. So we were talking about this and we were talking about all the craziness. Take COVID seriously, but you know, do it smart. Don't do this stupid stuff. Kids are losing ground socially, academically, mentally, morally, horrible. So you got all these restrictions on, you know, to Thanksgiving. I think Oregon, I think, is no more than six people. So I, I, I said to, to Martha McCall, I said, "So you draw straws." I mean, it's be tough at your house. You yeah, got, no, right. You got grandmothers and aunts and uncles. Yeah, here, Manny, you're out. Yeah, grandma's out. It looks I mean- like Granny and Manny.
1: <laughs> Granny, our and son, Manny. our son, oh, our I,
0: how old's I, Manny? He's eight. Manny, you're out, and Granny, you're out, but they, yeah. I guess, they could do some homeschooling.
1: Yeah, they can work on, some on the deck. Stuff. Yeah, in Maryland, uh, you can have up to 10. Is 10. What, uh, yeah, but that doesn't cover your family. No, 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 ten, 10 inside, 25 outdoors.
0: But I think uh, Oregon at six. So uh, the yeah. governor said she's serious this time. She's going to send the police. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, uh, there's a, a picture going around about of cops with a battering ram on a house and the cop is saying come on out we know you're in there and we know you bought a 25 pound turkey for that (laughs) right so i said last night in oregon you can be arrested for seven people around your thanksgiving table all family but you can't be arrested if four strangers gather for unlimited amounts of heroin and cocaine Mm -hmm. Mm because they've decriminalized that so that's that's legal not criminal and you can't get in trouble for that. But you and your turkey could get thrown to jail. Mm-hmm. While the guys can go all day and all night on cocaine and heroin without fear of arrest. It's funny. It's ridiculous. And it's horrid. It's crazy. It is total craziness. And I guess you can do this for Christmas. I wonder if some of these people regret the thought of a um, vaccine because, you know, there's a certain uh, mentality in the left that likes to um, order people around, tell them what to do. It's not the party of individual liberty. We got some emails. I'm going to have you look them over and uh, throw a couple at me here in a minute. If I first want to get a couple thoughts out. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a, a dead ender here, Claude. I'm going to be one of those Japanese guys found after World War, found after World War II in a cave. Um, okay. Uh, I, I think the election was stolen. Um, I just think there's too much circumstantial evidence. There are 19 bellwether counties in the U.S. that have been around for a long, long time. They have predicted every presidential election. The way those counties go is how the presidency goes. This year, 18 out of 19 went for Trump, yet uh, it said he lost. No one, I think maybe one exception, has ever been elected president who didn't win Ohio. If you win Ohio, you win the presidency. Trump won Ohio comfortably, eight points. There were lots of ballots found in Georgia with only Joe Biden's name marked, like, I think, 10 or 20,000. Well, what about marked only Donald Trump? There were about 800. That seems odd. Turnout was higher in the inner cities, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Detroit, for Joe Biden than it was for Barack Obama. It seemed plausible to you? Not to me. They didn't vet the, um, the, the, the um, late ballots in, in Pennsylvania. That's being litigated. They thrown that out. I don't know the strength of the lawsuits here, and um, meet Dillon will evaluate that for us. But, you know, wh- why, was the, why was the counting stopped on election eve? I mean, election night. Why was it stopped? And then all of a sudden resumed. And when it was stopped, Democrats all over the country said, you know, uh, at night, tonight, may look like Donald Trump's way ahead, but don't worry. Sit tight. Then the counting stopped, and then all of a sudden there's this huge influx of Biden. Sorry. Test my credibility. Uh, I know none of that is decisive, but boy, it sure is points in the wrong direction for a fair election. And I just I I just don't believe it was fair. And I'm sorry to say that, but that's what I think. So there you got a couple of emails there for me, don't you?
1: Sure. Yeah. We
0: talked to Michael Anton about this Mm -hmm. uh, what a week or two ago. And we got emails, I think, about that or other things. What do you got?
1: Yeah, we'll jump to the Michael Anton email in a second. Just wanted to open up with one from uh, from Joe. Uh, he emails in and says, "I've always admired your views in conjunction with emphasis on moral principles and values. Uh, I just listened to one of your podcasts. Keep fighting the fight for doing the right and sensible things in life." Matthew six thirty three. Uh, so, thank you, Joe. Was that from Joe or Matthew? It's from Joe, but he all, he ended it with Matthew
0: 6.30. Yeah, you know I'm kidding you, right? I'm yeah,
1: kidding. no, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you.
0: What did Trump say, two Two Corinthians, two Corinthians. Or... <laughs> yes, yes. One of, spo- my fa- one of my favorite lines of... You're supposed
1: to from... say second Corinthians, right? Yeah, you're right. You're supposed to say second Corinthians and not two Corinthians. showed favorite... he was not that familiar with two Corinthians. Right, yeah. One of my favorite President Trump lines, when uh, you remember he, he, he uh, during the... Uh, protest and things. Uh, he went to the, ch- the the church there near the White House and was holding up a Bible. And some reporter, I guess, trying to be smart, said, "Hey, uh, Mr. President, is that your Bible?" And his response was, "It's a Bible. <laughs> it's a Bible." <laughs> And I just thought that that was so funny. Cause you know, why would they ask him if it's his Bible? Yeah. Like, what difference does it make? You know like, what well, with the president. He's no, like, it's right. a Bible. With yeah, yeah, it's I a Bible. didn't write it. Right.
0: <laughs> right, You might've thought the question was, did you write this? like you do everything else.
1: You know. <laughs> All, right. All right, go ahead, man. Okay. Let's see. Let's, um, let's get to our Michael Anton email. Um, This is from our buddy Cullen uh, from Crystal Bay Solutions, LLC, Uh, Cullen Coates, uh, uh, Coates, excuse me. He says, uh, Bill, I wanted to comment on one aspect of your excellent, insightful discussion with Michael Anton last week, in a sense following up on my last letter in which I argued for conservatives to take a very long view and organize strategically to take back elements of our social and cultural infrastructure that have been lost to the progressive Marxist movement. Uh, you asked, Michael, what sort of action he would recommend to wealthy conservatives in response to the inroads of the left. He, he responded that they should focus on local state elections to regain control of institutions right. at the local level. Right. Yeah. This is, uh, I imagine he was referring to elections such as school districts with that idea that conservatives could begin to recover the laws curricula of the past. Uh, conservatives tend not to act in concert. A major driver of conservative values is individualism. Accordingly, it is difficult for conservatives to act in concert with the sort of long-term collective strategic focus of the Soros movement uh, institutions. I think the first and second Tea Party movements were among the very few such collective conservative operations, yep. and those were uh, libertarian in spirit. Uh, he mentions, he says, the Koch brothers have some very successful investments in new conservative uh, think tanks such, uh, and such that have been very effective over the years in driving conservative thought and focus. Uh, Trump has come close to creating a new conservative movement, but it seems that because it is in large part a populist uprising of Obama's clingers, Hillary's deplorables, and Biden's okay. Trump's, yeah, it may, uh, many movement okay. conservatives, yeah, have become uncomfortable with the fact that it is progressive thing.
0: Well, uh, he makes a good point. It, conservatives are less groupthink than liberals. Uh, liberals like to organize into groups and so on. And, you know, uh, whether it be gangs or organizations, whatever they're joiners and they, um, they like collective action. They're collectivist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Republicans tend to be more individualistic and individual oriented, but if they want to have an impact, they have to organize liberty. When men act in bodies is power. John Adams said that mm-hmm. not, not, not Sam Adams, not the beer guy, but his, uh, his cousin uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, no, I think Don is right about that. And, yeah, I think Anton was right about state legislatures. Which Republicans did very well this election. Mm-hmm. And and the uh, national legislature, the House, which I didn't see coming. I didn't you didn't hear me talking about a oh. big gain and they're going to gain at least 10, 12, maybe 15 seats. A lot of women too, a lot of Republican women. So yeah, there's work to be done. Uh they're already kind of uh Rubbing their hands, uh, Republicans, about get taking the House back in uh, 2022. We'll see.
1: Go ahead. All right. And so we've got an email here from our buddy Doug Ulliano. He emails uh, quite frequently. It says, Bill and Claude. Bill, uh, I love you, Claude, and the show. But uh, really, do you actually believe that uh, Senator Manchin, West Virginia, we mentioned him last week, uh, wouldn't vote for the things he was asked about? Uh, Bill, did Manchin, uh, did, uh, Bill, Manchin did not vote for Justice Kavanaugh voted to impeach the president, uh, and uh, did not vote for Justice Baird. He poses as a moderate when he needs to hide uh, what he and his party intends to do. I know as a Catholic, you want to see the inherent good in people, but as evangelicals, Claude and I uh, know that evil resides in all men.
0: No, no, you got that backwards. We believe in original sin. Right. (laughs) You guys are the sunny side guys. Right. Right. You're the children of light. We're the children of darkness. We believe man is born fallen. Yes.
1: Stained, original mm-hmm. sin. Yes. Yes. And you're on the sunny side.
0: Mm-hmm. Sunny I've got Protestant.
1: a good I got a good mix with the Catholicism growing up that way. Yeah, I but believe. you left. <laughs> I did.
0: And I will <laughs> never forgive you for this.
1: <laughs> oh, I forgive
0: you for it. I wish I looked for the good side. I try to, but I often try to look for the side that I know is there. The <laughs> not so good side. Right. right so right. I'm aware of it, you know, just so I can protect myself from whatever quarter uh, it comes. Uh, You know, I half believe Manchin. Mm -hmm. He's been true to his word on some things, not other things. But I'll tell you, he was very forceful when he was on "Bread Bear." He said, I absolutely will not vote to end the filibuster. I absolutely will not. I absolutely will not vote for changing the Electoral College. I absolutely will not vote for defunding the police. I believe him, but, you know, trust but verify. I believe him, but let's get the majority anyway. Mm-hmm. you're a Republican, you want that majority. You want that Senate fifty-two forty-eight, or at least fifty-one forty-nine. in case Manchin can't be counted on. And you can't ever count his vote. I, I agree with that. But I, I tend to believe him. I think most of the time he's, he levels. But I certainly don't approve of all the votes. But who do you believe these days? You know, it's, it's harder. It gets harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I, I, you know, I'm not going to say any more about the election and burden of proof and challenges. We'll talk to Harmeet about that, but this is uh, a, this is a rough time and boy, they are, they are the libs, the Democrats are putting it to the, to the country. Mm-hmm. Um, bright side, of course, of these, uh, vaccines. Mm-hmm. And you got to give the president a lot of credit for this.
1: So be right you right. now have it
0: from Pfizer and Moderna. I understand AstraZeneca is coming out. Johnson, Johnson, mm-hmm. normal, uh, Time it takes to develop vaccine six to eight years. This was six to eight months. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary. Put some money behind it, but this is a kind of model of private public private partnership. And it, uh, quite extraordinary. Worked.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Really, really, really worked. And so that's a very good thing. I know the COVID thing, the numbers are up with the number of people, but the fatality rate is way, 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 way down, particularly for young people. That's down for everybody. Um, so let's pay attention to that. I think this thing will be in the rearview mirror a little longer, somewhat longer than the, the president said, but it will be in the rearview mirror pretty soon. I think. Okay. Are there other important things we need to talk about before we get to our guests?
1: If I could do one, well, yes, uh, one more email, just because there's a few that has been coming coming in like this, and yes. like our friend Bob Beasley, and uh, it's on the election, but he represents what a few people have been emailing about, and so I think it would be great to get your thoughts on yep, it. So yep. Kind of will answer a few people at one time. Uh, I says, uh, "Hi, Claude and Bill." Uh, uh, President Trump's defeat, as I'm seeing it, was self-inflicted. was a self-inflicted wound. Uh, if he could have just uh, dialed it back 50%, he would have won in a landslide, heck, 25%. Of course, he wasn't capable of that as I wish he were. Uh, I don't know how he could be so tone deaf to that. Uh, successful men have big egos, but there's only one, President Donald Trump. He said, I I did vote for him uh, and his loss aggravates me because it could have been avoided. And so we had a few emails that that were saying that. I agree. I agree.
0: Look, you know, I'm a a Trump fan, but I agree. Uh, Look, he lost. uh, He kept his base tremendously, but he lost in the middle. And last time he got the moderates, this time he lost the moderates. And a lot of those people were people who just either shrinking violets or people with, you know, exquisite sensibilities or people who just were offended by the style. Mm-hmm. And the roughness and the boorishness and the you know macho ness and other things, and if he'd kept more of them, he would have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect he knows that, but you know this comes with the package. This is part of the package. Yep. Like people have written me saying, "Can you stop him from tweeting?" No, that's who he is. His kids can't stop him from tweeting. <laughs> His kids can't stop him from being who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Conor Cruz O'Brien, the the biographer of the great British statesman Edmund Burke, said. Burke had the gift of always being himself. Uh, Donald Trump has the gift and the curse of always being himself. And in some ways, he's his own best friend. And in some ways, he's uh, his own worst enemy. I wouldn't say of him what Shakespeare said of Anthony is taints and honors waged equal with him. Mm. But the taints are there and they were picked up by a lot of Americans. Mm -hmm. There's a groundswell about him in 2024. It's premature. Let's wait and see. But um, Trumpism, I think, is there. It's a a new party. It's party of the working class. Working people, increased minority support for the president, lots of support from the Hispanic community. You called it too. I did. I did. It's anti Wall Street, uh, strong foreign policy, strong America, uh, traditional values, uh, religious liberty, and um, lower taxes.
1: You're listening to The The Bill Bennett Show.
0: Joining us now, Harmeet Dillon, and she's one of the smartest people around. Love talking to her, but I'm hesitant because we do this show in the morning to call early. I don't know if I'll wake her up or not, but I saw her on Fox and Friends this morning at about, what, 5.45 your time? Something like that?
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: So I said, she's up. (laughs) I'm going to get her. (laughs) So we called, and you said, I don't know if you'll object this. You said, yeah, but I want to go back to bed. I don't want to do any more (laughs) interviews. That's doing.
2: right. I'm I'm not a morning person, but here we are, fully awake now. Here so. we
0: are. Well, thank you very, very much for, for joining us. Uh okay, I want to talk about this election and just indulge me for a bit. You see the world as the world is. I maybe see it as the way I want to see it. Um I, I maybe I'll be a dead ender here, Harmeet. i I maybe I'll be one of those Japanese soldiers in the cave, you know, two years after, but This thing smells to me. It just, it just stinks. I I just, you know, maybe it's just circumstantial evidence, but I just have a feeling this thing was was stolen or or robbed. Can you give me your overview of that? Do you have a sense of this before you do your great analytical put your analytical powers to work do you have an instinct about this that you would talk about or is that something you can't is that something you can't do
2: well no i would absolutely and so i you know you you may be in the you know idealist romantic uh phase i'm 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 post that i'm the i'm the the cynic who is mugged by reality and uh you know who once had a dream but 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 seriously you know as a lawyer i i am trained as a trial lawyer to be skeptical and to be uh, analytical concerning evidence and not overpromise and underdeliver, deliver. I do agree with your conclusion, however, or your sense, which is that there were organized uh, irregularities uh, in this election designed to affect the outcome. They were in several states. They were in the exact states that had the narrowest margin of victory for the president in 2016 and they were just enough uh maybe a little extra uh to to accomplish a changed outcome for a really poor candidate for the for the left and So some of these numbers do not make sense to me. Now, proving all of that in court in a systematic way, such as one can overturn the outcome of the election, is a different matter. And so that is where we have a hang-up right now with this election not being decided is proving it.
0: There was a a maybe in there somewhere or might have, but maybe you can't prove it in court, but is it your sense that this thing was stolen, even if you can't prove it? Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. And there's organized irregularities and... There are sleazy last minute changes and influence operations on local elected officials that where they put their thumb on the scale in a way where they had discretion that they shouldn't. And that's the type of thing. It's also very hard to change after the fact. It's the type of thing you can change or govern or discipline before the fact with a targeted lawsuit with ground rules being negotiated and set in stone. Some of that didn't happen, and these are the results.
0: Um, People I'm talking to, I'm sure you know some of them too, are saying it's not so much the individual counts now as there was a systemic word very popular these days, systemic um, flaw in that the machine, Dominion machine, uh, was was tinkered with, played with, adjusted, so it would uh, overcount uh, the Democrat vote uh, and not the Republican vote. Uh, does that seem plausible to you, if not provable?
2: Well, that's the allegation, but and I would love to believe that. But when you unpack that, you're, you're really talking about a conspiracy that would have to involve numerous people. Not one person, but yeah. many people in different places. Okay. And secondly, you have to look at what was the outcome in other races in the same state. Do we believe other races in the same state were also affected? Well, the Republicans did pretty well in some of these states with holding their seats or gaining seats why would not somebody who is systematically cheating put their thumb on the scale everywhere well the answer could be oh well you know they didn't want to get caught but you're you're already alleging that they cheated and and made changes to software uh i i suppose you could say it was made in some server in germany i've heard that i you know I, i i i just you know i'm occam's razor is it possible that there's a grand conspiracy of, you know, evil geniuses doing this where nobody would have a conscience and um, spill the beans. Uh, Okay, maybe I haven't seen the evidence of that
0: okay yeah that that seems unlikely i agree with you because i've been saying from the beginning you need a whistleblower preferably a high level whistleblower you know the guy who mm-hmm. fixed the machines if there was such a thing and then some others to corroborate that so that seems yes on its face imposing. no but
2: but but if you had, but but there was definitely organized dead people voting definitely organized people voting who didn't have a right to vote like nevada massive amounts of data there of people who moved out of the state and voted they there are other irregularities like that. And then there are, there are irregularities, which include um, s- state legislatures at the last minute, when perhaps when the campaign didn't have its eye on the ball and or didn't, you know, go in in time with divided resources, to make sure that ballots are only counted if they're arrived by the election day, uh, that uh, that signature matching software is set at the factory levels, not at a bastardized version that is meaningless. That happened in several states. And all of that will happen again. My big concern is, you know, I can only affect what I can affect. As a, as a member of the RNC, I screamed to high heaven about some of these issues for over two years ago. Uh, we have our results now. And we, you know, we, I don't affect, I, I don't control that place. I'm just a member. But these things will happen again. You know, but thankfully, we won, we picked up seats in, in the uh, Congress and we held our own in the Senate. We picked up seats in California, so yeah. if you're talking about a massive conspiracy that is designed to, you know, screw Republicans out of winning seats, like why wouldn't they do it everywhere? Uh, maybe they will in 2022. Maybe they will say oh, we're going to take those seats back from you, Republicans, and we're going to put our thumb on the scale and make sure that Young Kim and Michelle Steele and uh, Mike Garcia and David Valadeo get 5,000 fewer votes than the other guy, and and that's how they're going to do it. Maybe that we really need to have top to bottom, national level election security conversation And both parties need to be involved in it because I'm sure, you know, if I'm a Democrat, I want to make sure there's a level playing field for my people in red states too.
0: Do you think we will have that?
2: Probably not because I have a fairly low opinion about our elected officials of both parties.
0: Yeah. Wow. So I mean, things may be cooked badly for a long time to come.
2: Well, they're cooked right now. This is a cooked election in my opinion, and it didn't have to be this way, but when you have Republican members of Congress and they have their fake hearings and they bang on the table and they you know do dog and pony shows about about the big tech companies the big tech companies most evil thing they did this year unchecked by people with power who could have checked them is affecting the outcome of this election is giving in kind contributions to democrats to specifically joe biden and his ilk by censoring and blocking the speech of the president and the president's supporters that was systematic too and for 2 years i've been saying that should be treated by the FEC as a campaign finance violation. It should be treated as such in state parties as well. It has not been. And the people who have the ability to make that so, including the president, by appointing the right commissioners and giving direction, including the legislature, they didn't do that. So here we are.
0: I just want to comment a couple of things, just get a word or two on each, the, the ones that make, make it seem cooked to me. The bellwether counties, 19 of them, 18 of them went for Trump. But, but he didn 't get it I mean that's that 's a lot of bellwether counties going for the guy who didn 't win the election
2: well the, so it's it 's targeted i mean if you're a, if you 're yep. a cheater you don 't want to go do all this laborious work of corrupting the officials at every polling yep. place right. that 's like pain. You only need to do it in Philadelphia. You only need to do it in Milwaukee and Detroit. You only need to do it in Pittsburgh and you only need to do it in Maricopa county Maricopa county we had a republican county chair of the gop there uh who was you know friendly with the mccain family which of course is at odds with the president that person didn't even bother to go attend the signature the 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 software trial run democrats showed up and if you showed up there and you asked the right questions which would include hey you know let's 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 run a hundred signatures through here and let's see how many match and let's do a test and and you know it turns out that everything matches whether they're a match or not that's where you catch these things but if we don't even show up because it isn't glamorous there isn't a photograph yeah. involved yeah. maybe you yeah. don't want that guy to win it, that this is the outcome
0: yeah I, you know the it's the old uh, saw goes back to the founders which is you know the conservative types wanted to get it done and go back to their farming and work and the the more liberal people want to stay in Washington. Now, they're willing to do the work because they love that work. They love to do that. They love to be in power. Our guys mm-hmm. would rather run their businesses, you know, and do
2: something else. It's a problem. Yeah. I mean, so this is probably not going to be a popular sentiment at the RNC, but we, we could use better elected officials in our party. They're not very impressive, many of them.
0: On the point about the, the cities, uh, I was talking to Michael Anton, you know, Michael. Uh And, you know, he said, yeah, 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 well, that's true. I mean, some of these cities like Milwaukee and Philadelphia turned out in greater percentages, numbers and percentages for Joe Biden and Barack Obama by a lot. Is that plausible? Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, it's improbable given... Yeah. The mediocrity of the client. I mean, you look at look at how Republicans turned out in the second, you know, in the midterm election for George Bush. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was very ambivalent about it. It might have been the only time I didn't vote for the Republican president. Uh, and you know, that's what happened. Like, so yeah. you know, even when your own vote, like, so nobody's enthusiastic about about Joe Biden. Let's be honest. But you know, that definitely there was an anti-Trump vote. Um, what's going to be really interesting to see is how corporate money plays. And their sort of small dollar program plays with this Georgia race because you know, if I'm Wall Street, okay, maybe you don't like the president because it's unpredictable, but you sure don't want higher taxes and other drama. You want to divide a divided government. So I think there is gonna be very interesting. Does Wall, really Wall Street oh, really care so. about does Wall Street really care about that? Yeah, I think so. I think I, remember,
0: I, uh, I, I spoke once to a board, I can't remember UBS or Morgan Stanley or something, and, and it was back when, but they were all for the Democrats. And and you know, I said I asked my son who's in you know venture capital. Why are they all for the Democrat? He said, "Oh, guilty conscience. I don't know." Joe Biden said, "You know, you know, I'm I have Scranton. They have Wall Street. I'll, b- I'll bet you Scranton voted for Trump. I think it did. Wall Street voted for for Biden. Why did they vote? That's for right. Biden? Why did they vote for Biden? That's you know, real right. people.
2: I've heard the predictability issue. I've heard the corruption issue in the sense that they expect him to, you know, potentially do good stuff for banks. So banks are what we're talking about here because Joe Biden has represented or been, taken a lot of money for the credit card industries and the banking industries. He's carried legislation uh, protecting them from holding the bag in bankruptcy cases, and so he isn't the liberal. In that sense that he paints himself to be. But if that's your sense that, oh, I feel, you know, I want to expiate my miasma my of guilt over all of my money, uh, you've already accomplished that. But well, you don't need to also get yourself expiated out of your mansion, which would occur if the, you know, Senate is also Democrat. So I don't think they want that. They uh, A lot of times, you know, a lot of people in the country, corporate interests, they like a divided government. Not much happens. And that's good.
0: All right. But what you're describing is uh, he would sort of have to choose based on their druthers between the druthers of corporate America and the druthers of the progressives. I've been worried that they're the same. But you're saying no.
2: I don't think so. I think it's more complex than that. And one of the issues right. right now is COVID, right? So COVID yeah. put a huge damper on our economy. So we're, you know, it they may have had a, you know, let the good times roll mentality a percentage here a percentage there of our of our profits doesn't matter. I think it's more existential than that. If you have leaders who are prepared for ideological reasons to shut down the economy repeatedly and unpredictably that is not good for american business no matter how liberal they are
0: a couple more things just comment again my circumstantial evidence case ohio you know predicts the president every election since 1860 trump wins by eight points
2: what you got there is um like I said, I think the fix, whatever fix was there was in in those battleground states that yeah. were swing states with narrow margins for Trump yeah. before. So it, absent tampering, absent uh, front going in the front door cheating and, and skewing the laws so that they could, you know, dumb down the signature requirements and ballot security requirements, I think you would have had a similar outcome in those battleground states as you had in 2016.
0: Um, why did they stop counting at Look, night?
2: This is, again, this may be an urban legend, but in California, we've been living with this situation for years. Whenever our candidates are ahead on election night, they find a bunch of ballots that make it go the other way. That's something I, and I, I, you know, again, if you look at Occam's razor and what's the most reasonable, what's the reasonable prediction of, what's the easiest explanation for that? It's that somebody cheated. And when you have ballot harvesting, which has not been the norm in America, but it is all of a sudden with mail Mail-in balloting. It has been in Georgia. I believe Stacey Abrams engaged in ballot harvesting. There's evidence of that. It's illegal there. It's illegal in many states, but it's legal in many of these states. And so, I think that the COVID has been a great bonanza to people who want to cheat in our elections.
0: Yeah, yeah I agree.
2: Mail-in balloting has been a great bonanza. They've eliminated mail-in balloting in many countries in Europe because it is corrupt. They have, you know, no. Um, they have no excuse absentee. Uh, they they have no excuse absentee in in very few places. So it's not a great norm and that's part of the conversation we need to have. But if you're a Democrat, You love this. It enables cheating. That's what it does.
0: And remember the uh, word that went out from Democrats. Oh, well, Trump may be ahead, way ahead uh, night, Tuesday night, but don't worry.
2: California model. I can tell you so much heartbreak. Young Kim, who won this time around, she had that model. She was ahead by several thousand votes on election night on 2018. And waves washing up on the shore of ballots turned it into a loss.
0: Michael Anton (laughs) talks about a tranche of votes that came in late Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Philadelphia, 23,377, all for Biden. I've repeated this twice, three times on television, yet to be answered, refuted on it. I don't know that to be true. I was just repeating it. But that would be odd, wouldn't it? Especially since Donald Trump apparently got 14, 15, 18% of the black vote or black male vote.
2: So the, I think the correct comparison is, so overvote is a, is a common phenomenon in elections. Uh, I overvote when I get to the fourth page of the ballot in San Francisco, and I don't care about who is in charge of some of these local offices or the 19th bond measure. But so the, you, would, you would want to compare how many overvotes there were for both candidates. And there's a grossly disproportional amount of overvoting for Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. That's what leads me to believe that is not accidental. Uh, if you have literally a couple of hundred overvotes for Trump and you have 60,000 for Joe Biden, uh, that is hard to explain statistically. Now, that does not, that's not evidence in a court of law that you can say you know, that you know, the dog didn't bark, therefore you know, there's the killer, but it, it, it's, it raises questions. It raises questions that we must get answered before the next election. I don't know that we can do something about this one But I do know that it is within our power to get to the bottom of some of these things and make sure it doesn't happen again.
0: All right, Uh, we'll leave it there if there's a commission. I was worried about this too, by the way. You and I talked about this uh, a couple months ago and then had a series of guests on, supposedly the experts on this. All of them said the same thing, was that there's always been fraud and that the fraud is uh, greater in in battleground states and uh, all this mail-in stuff uh, will increase the likelihood. And what are we going to do about it, was my question. And the answer was, we uh, weren't sure. No one was really sure what to right. do. Well, Better figure it out now. Exactly. All right. You were kind to pick up a, la- a late invitation. I have two other questions for you. I love your illusions, a dog that didn't bark. Occam's razor. Wow. What's Occam's first name?
2: That I don't know. William, William of Occam. <laughs> no. William of Occam. <laughs> You're there you talking
0: go. to William of Bennett here, who is a PhD <laughs> in philosophy, medieval philosophy. It was his... Uh, area of concentration so it warmed my heart every time you said occam's razor and i'm going to make believe that my audience wants me to explain it to them and i'll do it for 40 minutes on the next
2: podcast Mm until i put them to sleep okay (laughs)
0: my my final question for you and we have a truth meter here and the, the gong will go off if you don't how many times harmeet dylan have you eaten at the french laundry
2: I have never eaten at the French. Come on, me. Seriously, <laughs> you're uh, a high rolling corporate. I warrior. well, I am not. You know, and my my <laughs> husband is very nice. And a couple of times he's tried for my birthday or our anniversary to do it, and he's failed. You have to know somebody, or you have to be waiting by the phone and call exactly two months in advance. You know, I was really into that stuff when I was younger, and yeah. you know, shallower. And I just don't care that much anymore. It does I'll not bet. float my boat.
0: I know me neither but I'll bet you this was great for their business right I mean, their phone oh, off the hook
2: would like had, to be I outside to-
0: please we'd like to be outside please
2: <laughs> you know I, I had I, I was complaining I was never able to get in there and several well-connected liberals texted me and said we'll get you in
0: yeah sure no I know yeah that <laughs> no, would thanks. be that would be the way it is uh, is Newsom I mean is he in real trouble on this he's not going out on.
2: This. I- he's not going out he's not going to get recalled over this he he the the shine of the pretty boy his hair is messed up by this and liberals are not like he's coming in for a lot of criticism double why right uh, double why because like you know the smug left who really believe that we're all going to die if we eat dinner together are very upset with him and you know the conservatives are already upset because he's a fraud and destroying our businesses and You know, his his winery has been open in Napa. You know, so conveniently that county doesn't get shut down as much as the rest of us. So the hypocrisy is beginning to wear. You know, unfortunately, the people with means and, you know, sort of morality and real concern about some of those issues in California, they're voting with their feet. They're leaving. So what's left behind? You know, people like me with you know businesses that are very heavily concentrated here or people who are not producers and taxpayers. There's a lot of that going on in the state right now friend
0: of mine, uh, last thing, a friend of mine sent me a picture. You remember the OJ uh, Bronco with the 12 police cars? Yep. It? He said, <clears throat> the guy stole a 25-pound turkey. Here's a picture of his escape.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: I said last night, because I believe it's true, that in Oregon, given what they did, and you, you know, I was the first drug czar. Um, in Oregon, you can't have more than six for Thanksgiving. Granny, sorry, you got the short straw, you're out. Um, oh my god but so you can't have seven people gather for thanksgiving you and your turkey may get arrested but four or five or six strangers can gather for all the heroin and cocaine they want that's right but no problem with the law
2: that's right i mean and you've seen in new york where you got the um police in jewish neighborhoods with binoculars trying to see how many people are inside it's totally disgusting
0: Problem is we'll not be able so. to identify the different people because you know I grew up, <laughs> all I grew dressed up in Brooklyn. Yeah, they're all. You know.
2: <laughs> I went to school in the Bronx as a, in a, for okay. kindergarten and preschool, yeah. so okay. I know. I thought everybody like my dad who wears a turban. I thought everybody wore no, headgear. Right.
0: No, that's right. I grew up in Brooklyn. I thought every, most of America was Jewish. Like at ninety. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
2: exactly. you very
0: much. Thank my you, pleasure. Harmony. Happy Thanksgiving right. to you and Thank me, your you five and- closest family members.
2: Yes, same same to you. Thank you so much, Bill. Thanks
0: for joining us. Bye. Stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger China. Go to presentdangerchina.org, presentdangerchina.org.
1: You are listening to The Bill Bennett Show.
0: Uh, Let's welcome Jim Gray to the show. He's a 12-time Emmy Award winner and has a new memoir out talking to GOATs. Greatest of all time. The moments you remember and the stories you never heard. Jim, thanks for your time today. Thanks for putting us on your busy interview schedule. I I got some questions for you. A little different. I've listened to a lot of your interviews on this book, and it is amazing, the cast of characters that you know. And, you know, uh, you're a little like Forrest Gump. I mean, you're just like everywhere, wherever the action is, you know, there you are. The only time I think I was in the same place you were was at the Tyson uh, holofield fight, the ear fight. And the uh, huh? The ear biting. The ear bite. Ear bite. But let's let's jump into this. Uh, you know me, and my, my interest is a kind of a broader picture. I'm a big sports guy, but I wanna, let me just start with this. These guys, these great athletes. Um, what is the mixture of? talent and work you you remember the book outliers Malcolm Gladwell did this book outliers and he said for the really the really talented it's it's partly genius but it's work 10,000 hours he said you got to put 10,000 hours into your craft how would you talk about this I I don't need exact numbers but what's the talent to, to to work ratio and pick anybody you want
3: okay so talking to goats is the book. That's Talking to
0: mean. goats is the book.
3: Talking to goats. So just on the cover, Ali, Jordan, Tiger, Kobe, Phelps, Tyson, LeBron. And we talk about a lot more in the book than those. But if you just take those, those seven guys and you wanted to put it into hours of work dedicated toward perfecting their craft, whether it was boxing, basketball, golf, swimming. All right? Yeah. Represented there. I don't think the clock has enough hours to be wound to tell you How much time, dedication, energy, deliberation, thought process, mental anguish, physical pain, blood, sweat, tears, and anything else that I could say to add to that list I just went through uh, can be counted on a clock because it's endless. How how many days do you have in your life? How many hours do you have in the day? Okay, it's all been dedicated to that. That's not to say that they don't care about their families. That's not to say that they're not you know involved deeply in 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 that aspect of their lives uh and that they haven't had support but virtually every single waking hour and tom brady's also on the cover of the book he wrote yeah, he wrote sure. the forward so i didn't mean to leave him out in that list of names because he would be right there uh at the top with ali it, it never ends is the way to answer that question, Bill. It, 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 they wake up, they're thinking about nutrition. They're thinking about what they're going to do to work out. They're thinking about how they're going to make it. Just think of it this way. Michael Phelps, okay, spent way past the large majority of his adult life underwater staring at a black line so that he could figure out how to win by an eyelash or a fingernail against somebody else from around the world.
0: Okay, but there is something there to start with, right? Group friends of mine and myself, we talked one night over a couple beers. What sport are you least qualified for? You know me, you've seen me. I said pole vault would be me. Okay, you've seen me in person. <laughs> this this is not the body of a pole vaulter, right? Okay, Again, I was a slow left tackle. But even that's what you
3: came up with. That's what you came up with, pole vaulting.
0: That's what I came up. You know, even when I went out for the swimming team at Williams College, the coach looked at me and said, You're not a swimmer, you're a tackle. I mean I just a slow left tackle. That was my fate. Okay. Right?
3: Okay.
0: So it's sort sort of a question about do any of these guys defy fate to become what they became. And second, you got to be born with something. Well, my evidence for that is not everybody can do it no matter how many hours they put in. Also, I'm watching NFL now and I'm seeing a lot of familiar names. Sons of, right? Um, there's DNA in here. There's some gift
3: they start with. There's some ability. Yes. Well, I think we all have God-given ability. they're not, not put, the same. Well, but I, I think yours was with your brain, Bill. Look at your brilliant. Okay. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because I'm on your program. I'm saying it because it's a fact. Okay. So you took that and you amplified it. So perhaps Michael Jordan did have that God-given ability, but he didn't have that God-given ability to make him the greatest basketball player in the history of the game. He had to work at it. He had to dedicate himself. He had to take whatever it was that he was given. Kobe Bryant in his last interview, I did the last interview that Kobe Bryant ever did in a Lakers uniform okay? And I knew him since the time he was an infant in his mother, Pam's arms. And I asked Kobe, the last question in a uniform was, okay, Kobe, it's over now. How do you want to be remembered? He said, I want to be remembered as a guy who who had, who had was given all the talent in the world and worked like he had none.
0: Oh, great, great. So Maybe that answers your question. It does answer my question. It does answer my question. By the way, Michael Jordan, I'm here in North Carolina, you know, Wilmington and I think it's true. He didn't start for his high school basketball
3: team. He yeah. was cut. The, the coach didn't put him on the team. He wasn't right. good
0: enough, according to the coach. Right. And then he met Dean Smith. Yeah. It's a great answer. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great answer. Do you know the story? Um, do, you, do you remember the book, Sense of Where You Are, the Bill Bradley story? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's a great story in there. And I collect these stories. Um, Bradley's out there in high school practicing in the backyard. He usually practices two and a half hours every day. He comes in after two hours, 15 minutes. His dad's sitting there. He says, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm done. I'm just a little tired. I'm cutting it a little short today. Father pauses. Bradley understands his father's upset. So what is it, dad? He said, there's a kid out there right now. He's practicing and he's feeling like he wants to quit, but he's going to stay out there that extra 15 minutes. Bill, when you go up against him, he'll beat you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your, some of your favorite sports stories. I love stories like that. I mean, I, I, the book is full. Of t- we're talking to Jim Gray, and he's t- talking
3: to goats. The book is talking to goats, and it's a smash book. You know, some of my favorite stories were just were just being able to interact and see, you know, how these guys lived, what they did that that differentiated themselves, and 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 what levels they would take it to uh, I, on a performance side. Uh, Tom Brady was playing golf one morning uh, and I was with him the next day and he was with one of the top touring professionals in the world, a major champion. Okay. Who, who really, uh, really has taken, you know, the world by storm. And I'm not going to use his name because Tom didn't use his name. I know who it is, but it, it wouldn't be fair to that guy to take something that was private and make it public. Right. Guy shot a 79 with Tom that day. And Tom was just astonished that the guy could play a practice round like that and be so bad. 79 would be good for you and me, but for a pro like this, he should have shot a 64 on the, on this course. So at the end of the day, this guy said to Tom, well, that's just kind of the way it goes. That's the golfing gods got me today. And he walked away, went home. Tom was with me the next day playing golf. And he said, that would never happen to me. If I threw a bad pass in practice, I'm staying out there until it's dark to get the mechanics right. Yeah. And I'm going to do everything humanly possible that I can with all my wherewithal to get it right, because that's just not how the football gods are going to do it. We're going to go get the football gods, right? So that that doesn't happen. And this guy has gone on and won other major championships. So it obviously didn't affect him in the same way. Okay. Yeah. Now this guy's a great golfer. He may someday be a goat. He's not one right now. He's too young, but just that mentality and for him to think like that. So, so here was a guy who's great won majors. Uh, there's greatness in his future. However, the guy who'd won six Super Bowls said no such thing as that. So that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a performance type of story on a personal story. You know, there've been a lot of them, but I'll never forget the day I was riding in a car with Muhammad Ali and we were traveling from, uh, he was on his barnstorming tour and he was, he was doing, um, press conferences and so forth. And for whatever the reason we were going from Atlanta to Columbia, South Carolina, uh, he had an appointment, uh, in, in Columbia. We pulled off the highway. And uh, Howard Bigham was driving, who was his personal photographer and best friend, great man, Howard Bigham. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And we got off the highway, got some gas. And as we were getting back on the highway, we could see like maybe three or four blocks away, there were a bunch of kids playing basketball on on, on a dirt court. And so Ollie said, watch this, Jim Gray, and told Howard, let's drive down there. So Howard drives down there, gets out the camera. Ollie pulls up this big, huge white Cadillac. It was like a submarine. And Ali gets out, and it's it's fifteen African American kids playing shirts and skins, and um, it's on this on this dirt dirt court, and they had literally literally a tree, and they had nailed a peach basket against the tree, okay, and they're playing ball, and they don't even notice this, and the ball rolls over, and it comes to Ali's feet, and he picks it up. He gets ready to throw it back and the kid runs over and he sees him and he looks at him and gives him a second look. And he kind of touches him like E.T. Yeah. And his eyes are like the cartoon in there. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Ali. Ali. It's Muhammad Ali. All these kids ran over. Ali played basketball for 45 minutes. We started with 15 kids. 15 became 30. 30 became 100. This was a wooded area on the border of South Carolina in Georgia, this is the middle of nowhere. You can't even see anything other than the gas yeah. station, yeah. you know, whatever it was, 7-Eleven or Circle K or whatever it was. And it was like the hills were there was a murmur. And, you, yeah. and before you knew it, there were so many people here. You couldn't count. You couldn't even begin to fathom yeah. where it came yeah. from. Wow. Young, old adults. Um, and they just wanted to touch him. And right. he did magic tricks and he entertained them all and he patted them on the head. And those that had pens, he took a, uh, you know, he gave them an autograph and those who had a camera, you know, or or Howard took photos for him. Anyway, we got back into the car. It was like leaving Saigon. Yeah. We thought somebody was going yeah. to get run over. There were people yeah. jumping on the hood and yeah. the trunk. And, yeah, and so I, never, I just, yeah. I, I had that experience with Ali. I had that experience with Jordan and Michael Jackson and just to see humanity. Uh, Descend upon guys uh, like that, and and what they mean to the public. I know, particularly uh, Ali. It was just, it was just, it was, it was a great experience, and boy, it was really something.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing the crowds in the uh, Rumble in the Jungle, right when he got there, and it was
3: uh, just massive. How about Um, running down the street in Kinshasa? Yes, started with just him and his him and his training staff. Yeah, guys. Right. and before you know it, the whole city's trailing him. Literally Forrest, the whole city, block after block after right. block.
0: It was the Forest Gump scene, right? With every everybody following him on the jog, right? Well yeah. that was real. I know it was real. I'm I'm an Ali fan. You know, when he did the uh the, the the Islam thing and then the draft and all that, a lot of my conservative friends got upset. I didn't. I I I thought he, you know, made some mistakes. He was you know a lot more about it than I do. Uh, and, and, you know, had some people who were who were misleading him, not helping him, but I just always had the greatest regard for him because I thought about fighting, fighting his way up, and I just thought he was the most wondrous thing to watch in the ring. I'm not a boxing expert. My brother is, and is a Brooklyn Boys Club champion, but I don't think I was ever more riveted to an event than Manila, the thriller in Manila. And I was, I was just rewatching it the other day in preparation for preparation for you. It's reading your book and watching great sporting events just to get in the spirit. Cause you know, I'm a big fan, but I, I forgot the quote, but Ali said, we went in there as champions and we came out as all men. You know, talk about that. There's the expression now, leave it, leave it out there, leave it on the field. They left it on. If it was 110 degrees, 115 degrees, and Ali thought he was dying, I just thought he was so great, um, the greatest. You know, is that a word I can use to the author? He is of the greatest, he, and he invented it. He he yeah. is the
3: goat, Bill. He is the goat. He invented the acronym when he said it. I'm the greatest of all times.
0: Right, and we're talking to the author of Talking to Goats, uh,
3: Jim Gray. Um, Bill, let me, me ask uh, you a question yeah let me ask you a question because when you said that he, Ali did also say I hit him with blows that would have knocked down walls regarding Frazier and the man right. with budge and he also said kept coming as you said as you repeated this was the closest thing to death he'd ever experienced and I'm just at uh, you know I heard your intro to that Muhammad Ali changed the world uh-huh. did he did he change your life did he make your life better he certainly made mine tremendously better and and everybody who 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 I think came in contact with him and 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 was able to uh you know he he made mankind better
0: well, sports, I think, has made me better um, in a lot of ways. I, I wanted to run a quote by you from my second favorite author. Jim Gray is my favorite at the moment. But <laughs> my, se- my second favorite author is George Eliot, of course, who was a woman, but she took the man's name so she could get published because it's about excellence. And I wrote a, an article once called in Defense of Sports, and it was about real standards and holding to them, you know, not cheating, not fudging, not stuffing the ballot box, not, you know, talking people, I think, but you see it out there and you got to adhere to these standards. And George Eliot said excellence, which is a word you use a lot, particularly in education, but she says excellence is good because it encourages us about life generally. So when you asked me, did it change my life? Sports changed my life in that seeing the greatness of these folks encouraged me about life generally. Quite apart from individual lessons, I'm talking too much. I should be talking to you. We're talking to the author of Talking to Ghosts. I'll finish this quickly. When I was secretary of education, Jim, we started something which has continued, which is pick the teacher who was most influential in your life. And the person I picked, and I was the first to do it, I picked my line coach from high school. And I, I picked him because in a phrase I found later from the philosopher William James, he taught me about toughness without callousness. I thought at 16 as a boy in a tough Catholic high school, toughness meant callousness. It meant macho. He taught me that it meant perseverance, <laughs> you know, hanging in there, take a licking and then keep on ticking. And that was a lesson I needed. My parents were divorced and then, you know, father, he became, all my coaches became role models. And I said the other day, I said, compared to a lot of the teachers we have, and we have some great teachers, our boys, particularly our boys who don't have fathers, many of them would do very well to have these coaches. And when I meet people, last point, who have made it against the odds, I always say, who was it, you know, who took you by the back of the neck? It's an amazing percentage of people who say, it was my coach. It was my coach.
3: You'll find that.
0: That's a question. That's a question. So yes, it changed my life because excellence encouraged me about life generally. Plus, this is promised the last thing for me. When I was in law school, I had to borrow lots of money to finish law school. In my third, in my second year, I took the New York Jets against the Baltimore Colts. No <laughs> points. I took them straight up. I bet hundred dollars, and I won seven thousand dollars because I got twenty to one. You can imagine. You know what I got? Twenty-three to one. Forty Colts were what? Twenty-three point favorites. So, <laughs> big. so Ali and Joe Willie. I know very different characters, but they both made a big
3: difference in my life. <laughs> That's interesting. You will find the influence of coaches. And you will find, you know, the lessons that you can learn from, from these sports stars and Charles Barkley's, you know, proclamation yep. years ago is I'm not a role model. Well, he's exactly right. Your parents raise you, your teachers have an influence, your grandparents, perhaps your religious persuasion, uh, be it the, the mosque, the church, the synagogue, yep. Yep. um, wherever it is that, uh, has an, an influence on you and, 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 and can give you guidance, but you'll find on a personal level, uh, how much really, uh, sports contributes to the shaping. Um, I, I I'm going to say predominantly with, with, with men, at least in my era, young, younger, younger boys growing up. Uh, and I'm sure it's much more, uh, uh, much more on the scene now with women as well, uh, with women's sports uh, having exploded through softball and soccer and sure, sure. basketball. Um, But the 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 lessons that can be learned, uh, you know, yes, just 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 go up and down. If you look at the pyramid of success of of John Wooden, okay, right, and 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 you just look at that, it's it's really not sports. It's 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 much better suited to how to live your life. That's right, uh, and 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 how to be a success in your life. And if you follow that from all those years ago. 60 years ago, and you applied that today, perhaps a lot of that's missing. No kidding. Integrity. No kidding. Right. I mean, I traveled with Bill Walton for a long, long time. ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, ESPN, Sacramento Kings games, Final Four on Westwood One. Still my partner. And Bill used to just come up with all this stuff that Coach Wooden would tell him. Preparing to fail is failing to prepare. Yeah. yeah. And when everybody thinks alike, nobody thinks, and and that's a lot. What's missing today, you know, from from just the basics. I mean, nobody nobody even knows anymore what the truth is. I know. Let alone how to be coached. I know. You know that you they don't even know how to discern. So when you're looking for people, I think you can look to these guys not as role models. They're not role models, but what they achieve can be modeled after. Okay what yeah. they what what they do in their pursuit of that achievement and excellence can be taken and used for good for future generations by everybody that doesn't mean you're getting instructions on how to live your life that doesn't mean you're following them in their things that might be ill conceived or 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 you know their quirks and flaws that doesn't mean right. you're supposed to accept that you know tiger woods famously said after all of his uh, infidelities and he got in front of the cameras And I write about it in talking to goats. He said, I hope someday all of you who believed in me will find it in your hearts to once again, believe in me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, whoever thought that I believed in you for what? The only thing I've ever believed in you is that you could hit a seven iron better than anybody. Yeah. 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 So you shouldn't put your hopes in your dreams and in, 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 in in Tiger Woods, but but, but, you learn, but you should learn a lot from what he is able to accomplish through sports. He had the greatest comeback ever in life from being at the, the highest you can go mountain to the lowest you can go valley to coming all the way back. And here's a line for you. Here's a line for you that, that comes out of your world. Richard Nixon uttered one of the most brilliant things ever. A couple of them. He said, a man is not defeated when he loses. A man is defeated when he quits. So he right. didn't quit on himself, Tiger. So yeah. what a great lesson. Everybody else quit on him.
0: But let's talk, let's talk about it. Let me push that a little bit. I, I make a distinction in life and in sports between a mentor and a role model. And a mentor can teach you something without necessarily emulating who that person is. They can teach you how to shoot, how to play, how to block, how to hit. A role model is someone who teaches you how to be. As I read your book, I, I can't imagine, can I? A better role model than Kobe Bryant? He's a role model, isn't he? Or not? I know flaws, but... Did he take his daughter to mass early mass that morning? Yes. 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. mass before they got on that helicopter.
3: That's correct. That's correct. Kobe. Uh, it's, it's still so tragic, Bill. What happened to him and Gigi. I saw
0: you a lot that night. I saw you a lot that night and you were so good.
3: You were so eloquent that night.
0: Jim Gray, the book is talking to goats.
3: He was, uh, he was quite a man. And, um, um, When you say he was a role model, uh, yes, he was a role model, Um, but he had imperfections and he had quirks and he was not a perfect human being and he didn't portray himself as that. But Kobe was very, very driven. Kobe was driven to be the best basketball player ever. Okay. And he, he patterned his entire life after Michael Jordan and who can forget how, how beautifully Michael Jordan spoke at his memorial in tears about how a little brother, you know, this kid can be a pest, but you know what? I love this pest because he wants, he, he, <laughs> he wants, he wants direction and he wants help and I've got to give him love. Uh, even though, you know, it sometimes that can be, that can be annoying. Okay. Little brothers can be annoying, but here was Kobe Bryant. Um, who would do anything he could to win. And it didn't matter who was in his way. Okay. Whether it was an opponent, his coach, an opposing coach, a teammate, if you weren't with him, he would get you out of the way, okay, all right, media, yeah, it just didn't and 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 then, when it all came to an end, he then took all of that attention and he focused it on telling stories, children's stories, yeah, won academy yeah. Award, and yeah. became the father to those four girls um and so dedicated to Vanessa and those four girls uh that they've created that hashtag Girl Dad. I want to just because it fits, just because it fits Kobe. So yes, there was so much, so much to admire, uh, so much to respect. And yes, I, I, I guess if there is such a thing as wanting a role model, uh, in professional sports that Kobe qualifies as that, I don't know that he would want that moniker. I
0: understand they never do. The good ones never do. The good ones never do. They always say, no, no, not me. Somebody else. I didn't, I, I learned a lot about him, uh, the night of his death from, from listening to you. Um, I didn't know about a lot of dimensions. Let's talk about somebody. Before we do, I promise Claude, our producer, Claude, I know you're chomping at the bit. You know (laughs) a lot of this territory better than I do. I won't say you know it better than Jim, but go ahead.
1: No, 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 of course not. Um, Mr. Great, one question. You talk about the mentality. You talk about preparation, uh, the drive, the passion. And you've seen these guys at their best, at the top of what they do. Um, How has the transition for some of these guys when they're no longer physically capable to do it and they have to leave that behind. Is there any commonality that you've seen in, in, in these guys? Because Tom Brady's almost there, it seems, in um, how they transition to the next part where they're no longer, you know, the best at this
3: thing right now when they once were. There is, there, there is a lot of problems that occur, you know, because you've been so great. And, and I, I don't think that Tom will be one of those guys that has a problem. I'm sure he'll miss the competition. He has often identified that he only loves two things, football and his family, but he's still playing. And there's no indication at the time that we speak at 43 years of age that there's no reason why he can't continue to his goal of 45. And maybe he'll change that. Maybe he'll stop sooner and maybe he'll go longer. Uh, Everything he's indicated to me is he wants to continue. But Claude, what you talk about is, is, is really difficult. Just think about these great, great players that have done so much in their sport and then their careers come to a crashing halt, either by injury or by father time. Father time is undefeated um and and then you can have the adulation of your community in many cases it's the country um and and sometimes it even is worldwide so you have all of that because you could make a basket or sink a putt or you know hit somebody harder than anybody and then all of a sudden you're not able to work anymore in that craft that you perfected and and became the best at it's a mental drain and it's and and there is not a good preparation for it because you go from earning millions and millions of dollars and, and, and being, and, and that's even ancillary uh, the income portion of it, because, you know, most of them should be set for life by the time they're done, or they have so many other opportunities in, in corporate uh, uh, corporate America or signing autographs or making speeches or writing books and so forth. So the opportunities and for the money are there, but, you know, if you have spent your entire life swinging a golf club violently, and golf's a bad example, so let me get out of it. If you you know, Claude's a golfer,
0: stay with it. Claude's a golfer, stay with it. <laughs> huh? okay. Claude's a golfer, stay with it.
3: <laughs> if, if you've been playing golf since you were a youngster all the way up until whatever, and then you can't win anymore at age 45, and you're five years away from the, from the tour, um, and golfers are bad, it's, it's a bad analogy, but yeah. what else do you do when you've been spent your whole day golfing? Okay. You don't retire to golf. You've been golfing your whole life. <laughs> what are you retiring to? Right. Right. Uh, um, but if you're a basketball player and it ends at age 32 or 35, um, where do you go? Well, you try and stay in basketball. Well, then you got to go be a coach or an assistant coach or you have to go to a college. And most of the greatest players have not become great coaches. Bill Russell is not a great coach. Okay. Jerry West was not a great coach. Magic Johnson didn't last in the coaching profession yeah, yeah. long at all, uh, because they have an expectation level of their players to be what they were, and they can't match that because yeah. nobody is Magic Johnson. Yeah. Who's yeah. Magic Johnson? <laughs> There's only one Magic Johnson. Okay, yeah. so where do you go and take all of this knowledge that you have and all of this physical ability that you were able to display? Where what do you do with it? It ends. So just yeah. think about. Bill, if you could, you, you're an educator. Just think tomorrow, if you couldn't read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we took away reading from you tomorrow, what are you yeah. going to do? Play golf. <laughs> <laughs> but that, no. that wouldn't be satisfying. You no, would, you, it would be have, You would be distraught, wouldn't no, you? I, yes, I would. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's I would, what happens. That's what I do. It's, well, what I it's do. hard. It's a hard transition. Yeah. And, and, and there's no good way, even for the guys who are ready, they find that they're not ready. John Madden quit coaching John Madden quit coaching and this isn't applicable to retiring John Madden quit coaching Al Davis thought that the voice wore thin okay 10 years was enough time so John got into broadcasting and and John said something which was really interesting and he went on and had perhaps the greatest broadcasting career ever as an analyst Mm -hmm. and and invented a video game with Madden that it still is is huge and, and, and ongoing John Madden said, you know what, when I quit, I decided I wanted to spend more time with my family. And then after about three weeks, my family decided they didn't want to spend more time with me. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: I wish we heard that more in politics, you know, that standard retreat in politics, want to spend more time with the family. Reporters should say, how's your family feel about that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: there's your next one there. You can ask that one next time, Bill. <laughs> I will. I will. I, we don't want to keep you. I know you're busy, but a couple more. All right. This is just hey, so I much I'll stay fun.
3: with you as long as, as, long as I can.
0: I always enjoy always, seeing always you. Always
3: enjoy your company and smartest guy, smartest guy in the room is always Bill. I always got to say stop
0: that. saying that. We, we <laughs> used to go to these Milken conferences together in California, where some of the masters of the universe. And you would come up to me and poke me in the chest and say, "Smartest guy in the room." And say, "True. I, I'm I'm lucky to be here at all. If Throw an IQ cut. I would make it. Those guys are smart." Well, maybe, um,
3: maybe it's just my scale. Maybe, maybe, maybe,
0: maybe I don't <laughs> No, it's my smart. We're talking to Jim Gray, whose book is Talking to Goats. I had never thought of that before. Where do the golfers go after they retire? They can't retire and play golf. That's a, that's a conundrum. That's what we call a philosophy, a real conundrum. I love that. Um, I was thinking, you know, while you were talking about your time and when your time is I'm talking about Brady And I remember the first time I heard it in high school, A.E. Hausman's poem to an athlete dying young, that time you won the town, the race, one of the saddest poems in the English language. I don't know a boy to whom that's been read that hasn't been affected by it, but I'm not sure we're teaching that poetry anymore uh, in the schools. You said something, I got to tell you this, because I think you can put this away, but you talked about Brady and family and, and football. My coach, the guy I talked about, said, just remember, boys, the three most important things in life, faith, family, and football, and not necessarily in that order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved uh, you I know, love Bill, that. I'll give yeah. You know,
3: Bill, I'll give you a good story. Yeah. It's in the book. It's in yeah. the book. Al Davis was uh, was a dear sure. friend and sure. uh, a tremendous amount of wisdom and just everything that he accomplished, you know, he did it all. He was a, 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 a scout, an assistant coach, a head coach, a general manager, an owner, a commissioner. You know, so that that kind of that kind of says all you need to know. And he won the, all those titles for the Raiders uh, as the managing general partner and owner. And, and I was having dinner with Al one night with my wife, Fran. In the middle of the dinner, he just turned to me and he says, what do you want in life, Jimmy? And I said, what do you mean by that, Al? He said, well, there's only five things. I said, what are they? He said, money, fame, glory, power, and love. Money, fame, glory, power, and love. And I said, wow, Al, never thought about that. He said, well, you better think of it in a hurry and grab one of them. Otherwise you'll end up with nothing. Mm. And I said, wow, what is it for you? He said, that's easy. Power. And I said, why? He said, because if I had power, I'd, have, I'd be famous. If I had power, I probably would have achieved something glorious. If I had power, I will have money. And I don't really care about love. Wow. 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 That's right. an admission. And that doesn't mean he didn't love his wife, Carol. He did. Sure, sure, sure. And mean he didn't love his, his, his son, Mark. He does. And he did. But he ranked him in that order and power. And, and he was powerful. He was the commissioner. Yeah. He helped force the merger. Um, he took on the NFL when he wanted to move his team from Oakland to Los Angeles. And he beat him in court. Yeah. Okay. So that was okay. what, his, that was what he thought was the most important thing to obtain. And he won on the field. So he was powerful there too. He won three, three Super Bowls. So he'd,
0: he'd be happy with this move, wouldn't he? I mean, has there ever been a city that better fitted a team than Las Vegas Raiders?
3: I, I mean, think the best so- star and the whole thing. I think he'd be so proud of his son Mark to be able to get the stadium that he yeah. tried so hard to get. He didn't get it in Oakland. He moved to LA. LA yeah. couldn't produce it. Irwindale couldn't produce it. Hollywood park couldn't produce it. So he had to move back out of Los Angeles, back up to Oakland. They struggled in that stadium until the day he died. And then his son, Mark, you know, was able to, uh, couldn't get the right. Oakland Alameda County Coliseum officials to, you know, live up to anything that they said that they were going to do. So I, I put it like this, is the Raiders didn't leave Oakland? Oakland left the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. And so now he's got that big, beautiful stadium in, in Las Vegas, and it's and it's a it's a great fit. Sad for the people in Oakland. Uh, uh, they didn't deserve it. They deserved better from their government. Yeah, they didn't get it. Last uh,
0: topic, um, Mike Tyson. We've been talking a lot about character and integrity and role models and mentors. He's not a role model. Does he got character? Does he got Integrity I think reading your book, talking to goats, you suggest he does he's convicted of rape your your relationship with him is one of the most interesting parts of the book Talk he about was
3: convicted of a rape that he, he that he still to this day nice. is his innocence right okay you believe him yes, you do i do I wasn't there i don't know yeah but 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 i look. Mike Tyson wrote me a five-page letter. So here's why I can say that I believe there's credibility uh-huh. in uh-huh. what he says to me. It's all in the book, by the way. Go ahead. And I got a letter from Mike from the youth penitentiary where he was. Uh, five pages, handwritten. On page two, it says, Bill, they will let me go tomorrow, Mr. Gray, if I admit to this rape. But I will never admit to something I did not do. So therefore, I'm never going to admit it. Next paragraph. Next paragraph. However, there are four or five other things that I've done throughout the course of my life okay. that are worse yeah. than yeah. what I'm accused of. Therefore, I feel I'm yeah. at the right place at this time. Yeah. So he gets out of jail and I get to do the first interview with him. And I bring that letter. I say, Mike, is this private or is this public, this letter? And he says, you can ask me anything you want. So I asked him, said that same statement to him. And I said, what did you do that was worse? And he said, huh? And he looked over at his lawyer and he looked back at me and into the camera. And he said, probably best not to answer this on national television because I don't know what the statute of limitations are. Mm -hmm. However, what I told you is true. Yeah. Okay. So do I know what happened with Mrs. Washington? I do not know what happened with her. Uh, Obviously, you know, there's her story and Mike was convicted. So Mike is a convicted felon. Um, But you're asking me uh, what I think. And I think that that letter uh is is how I would answer it and, and, and what I would say about that. Okay. Well I but by the way, let me just say one other thing about Mike. Yeah, please. Mike has always taken his own medicine, okay? uh uh-huh. For all of his bad acts. Uh-huh. And some of them have been deplorable and despicable, biting off another man's ear, earlobe, um, you know, all of the other things that, that are well chronicled in his life, including that conviction. He always stood up and answered the questions. He didn't hide behind a PR right. statement. He didn't go say, uh, you know, have, have somebody release something for him four days later. He didn't say, my lawyers are handling that. Uh, I'll talk to you after the Nevada State Athletic Commission decides right. what they're doing. I'll talk to you after the judge decides. He stood there and he answered the questions. Now, you may have hated the answers, but I always had respect. I understand. Always had respect. And I asked him about that the other day when we did this special on Fox. Uh, talking to ghosts. Mm -hmm. I asked him, I said, you know, I always appreciated that you did that. And and he said, look, no one was going to steal my glory. And I said, but some of these things you don't want to be glorified for. He said, that was my glory. I was accountable. It's what I did. And I had to answer for it.
0: Nope. Admirable for sure. Accountability admirable.
3: I have a lot of admiration and respect for my, I, I really do. And he's a, he's a very smart guy. On one shoulder here is a tattoo of Arthur Ashe, Days of Grace. On this shoulder here, Chairman Mao. And you can <laughs> recite the tenets of the Red Book and Shakespeare and Days of Grace and tell you about Napoleon and all kinds of other historical figures. So this is a man also has a lot of intellect.
0: I'd like to talk to him about Chairman Mao sometime, though. Um, he, it doesn't say, I didn't say he followed him. I, I said he you. knows the tenets. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we'll leave that for another day. You know, I keep a commonplace book. Do you know what a commonplace book is? I'm sorry, I don't. A commonplace book is where you write down quotes that you think are great, and you put them in a book. Uh, w. H. Howden, the poet, did the, the one I heard about. So I've kept it. It's now about 180 pages. That's a great. That's great. Yeah, it's just you know great quotes that that you, that you uh, you know I picked up a couple today from you, and from the book talking to goats, but. You know, I was, I'm a philosopher by training, and I get a lot of people asking me for advice. And I find that when I'm giving advice, that you know, excellence is good because it encourages us about life generally. Uh, that's George Eliot. Shakespeare, readiness is all, which has a lot to do with sports, readiness, being ready. But when I say to young people who are full of beans and vinegar, and I got a plan, and I got this, is the Mike Tyson quote. Everybody has a plan until you want to finish it. They get hit in the mouth. Yeah. Every, I have it as everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, you know? And, you know, this kid says, well, I'm gonna get out of here. Then I'm gonna go to law school, but I won't be getting married. And I'll be doing this. Right. Good luck with it.
3: That's a great one. You're going to get punched in the face. I mean, I mean, you know, there's just so many things. That's why I let off the book with him. There's just so many things, you know, you know, he wrote on the back of it here and I, I don't, you know, there were, there's, a lot of things on the on the back of this book but but when Mike Tyson said we were a sensational duo uh outside of the ring, Jim became my most trusted friend because no matter what I ever did or what I ever said, he wasn't afraid to give it to me straight and then Kobe Bryant said uh if there was one word to describe Jim Gray, I would say honest so you know i was I was i'm um, you know really humbled and proud not only of Tom Brady, but the words of of, what what these folks have said. And you know what? Mike Tyson has trust issues. Look at how he was raised. Look at how difficult that was. Sure, and, And what he came from and what he has done in his life. And as heinous and despicable of the acts, I don't condone for a second. And like I said, Mrs. Washington's story has to be believed because she's a victim. So I don't discount her story what I do say is there are a lot of qualities in that man that have not become public. Um, And if you talk about redemption, I mean, and you talk about a guy who's tried to get it right, you know how much money he owed bill to the IRS? No. $51 million paid it all off. Didn't ask for anything to, to, to didn't ask for a settlement. He, He went ahead and paid him. And so, I mean, there's a lot of things in here. You can't, you can't, what we've seen in public of a lot of public people, and you know this and with, with these politicians too, they get painted with one stroke of the brush. That's right. But that's not the whole canvas. I know, I know. Write that one down.
0: I know, that's not the whole canvas, you're right. No, you take a man <laughs> in the totality of his actions. And, um, you know, you and that's look. not
3: to dismiss any of the bad no. or horrible stuff he's done. No, no,
0: absolutely not. Well, he should be proud of the fact of uh, your friendship. And your approbation. And it's I think a lot of readers of your book, Talking to Goats, will take a second look there. For me it was a great reminder of people and places and times. And how about that Brady comeback of the Falcon Super Bowl? What the heck? What were the Falcons thinking? What were they, they thinking? Uh, they why were, why did not they take the field goal? Was it just was it just they had to have more?
3: It was that they got sacked. Qu- right? Dan Quinn and 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 yeah. and and, and, and. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. Ryan and, and yeah, that whole group, uh, you know, Arthur blanks down on the field. I mean, come on getting ready for a championship. Game. I, know. I, I, remember saying, there, I remember standing so, there. I remember standing. you know, and obviously Kyle Shanahan has gone on and done great things now with the 49ers, but that's tough to overcome 28 to three with a, just a few minutes left in the <laughs> third quarter I know, I know, and, I know. and every, and, and everything's gone exactly wrong for the Patriots. But, uh, but, but that just shows you that's, That's the greatest comeback I've ever witnessed. No kidding. uh, No kidding. In in sports. No kidding. Okay, I would say Tiger Woods' comeback to win a major after Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not having won one from 2008 was the greatest golf lesson and greatest individual comeback. But that Patriots 28 to three deficit and to have won that game uh, in Atlanta, I mean, Julian Edelman caught that ball literally. I know. I mean, it's it's like a (laughs) like it's like it's like it's like a the shaved hair I know. of brass I know. before it hits the ground. I know. And, and, and then, you know, they score Danny Amendola and white and just the whole, everybody was just. And then, and the great thing about your profession sports. Can I say one thing? Yeah, Can please. Is. Thing? You're the man. So this was, this is, this, this was funny because they, they get the touchdown in overtime and they win the game and all of the confetti starts to come down. All right. And, Everybody runs out on the field, and I'm doing the radio, so I'm going to go get Brady in this moment of jubilation now. His, his fifth Super Bowl title, and this comeback, and it's crazy. Well, the referees are reviewing the play. They're not sure that the touchdown has been scored, so the referee had come over yeah. to Tom. And so I get to Tom first to try it, in, and he calls me Scratchy because Jack Nicholson gave me that nickname. Uh, and you see it in his in his forward, and he, he's Scratchy. Uh, get off the effing field. (laughs) And I looked at him and I hate to pat myself on the back, but I said, okay, Tom, just me or the confetti (laughs) too. Great. great. And he he didn't even break a smile. He was still in that mode waiting for the referee to come over and tell him. And then about 40 seconds later, he said, it's good. So it was a delayed reaction to the jubilation.
0: Yeah, he was who he was who he was. He was who he is. These guys are who they are. Jim Gray, talking to goats. Thank you very much. We could do this for
3: hours. Maybe we will again sometime, huh? Bill, I can't tell you, this is a great thrill for me to be on with you. I appreciate all of your service and everything that you have done on behalf of uh, the Department of Education and for America. You're kind. you're, you're, you're a terrific guy and yeah. always enjoy your company. And thank you for having me on your program.
0: Thank you, Jim Gray. Congratulations on the book. Talking to goats.
1: You are listening to the bill Bennett show.
0: All right. That does it for today's show. Catch you up on previous episodes of the show. Go to the bill You can follow me on Twitter, Claude. Well, okay. I mean, you follow me of course oh you don't follow me everywhere Mm -hmm. that's not what i mean mean, well i'm aware of where you are at all times at all times and there are times when i do follow you (laughs) (laughs) follow me on twitter at william j bennett like me on facebook just search bill bennett feel free to email the show i'd love to hear from you it's bill bennett podcast at gmail.com please share the podcast with your family and friends we'll
1: catch up next week happy thanksgiving And don't forget, next week is our Thanksgiving show. And so we want to know what everybody's doing for Thanksgiving. They can just email in BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. What's on the menu? Uh, What are you doing? Uh, Who's coming over?
0: And we will have special features. We're going to have the author of Old Abe talk about Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation. We will have Mrs. Bennett's rules for dining at Thanksgiving. And we may even persuade Mrs. Bennett herself that would be great, wouldn't make it? Make an appearance. Yeah, that would. She's very good at that. She wrote the rules, so she knows. Mm-hmm. It's like having the author of the Bible. That's not my Bible. <laughs> it's not <our Bible. laughs> <It's> my. A- <laughs> a it's a Bible Bible.